standard issue for all women. Oh, hello there. It's Jen. As you may have already realised from the sound of my actual voice. On this week's Sunday Chops, we have a delightful listen for you by way of the very lovely Molly Sheridan, who you will have heard on this podcast before, talking about her perfume business, Reek, which she runs with her mother, Sarah Sheridan. The two of them have kindly gotten together and had a little chit-chat for us about the pros and cons of being a mother-daughter duo in honour of this great day, Mother's Day. And they are joined by... Heather Pearson from the intergenerational women-centred platform, The Grand Stoked, who is posing the questions. They had an absolutely fascinating chat about what it's like working with each other, what their mother-daughter relationship brings to the partnership, how it's different from other partnerships, and also a bit about, you know, sort of intergenerational differences in you know, women's rights and what's going on in the world today. So it's a really, really brilliant listen. And also, if you haven't heard it, I fully, fully recommend having a listen to our chat with Molly from a few months ago about Reek and about, you know, whether feminism has a place in the beauty industry. Now, we're actually running a little competition so you can win yourself or indeed your mum, because it is that special day after all, a bottle of the very, very excellent Reek perfume, which I have smelt with my own nose and I can tell you it is delightful. So keep your eyes peeled on our social media channels to see how you can win yourself a bottle of that. As always, we've got loads and loads of other interviews uh, and you can have a listen via whatever podcasty channel you listen to. The other week we had our Hannah chatting to Monica Dolan about her show The Beasts. We have had me chatting to Claire Balding about women's sport. We've had Mick chatting to her mate Rebecca Solomon about Black History Month. We've had all sorts of stuff going on. So do have a look back and check out our archive. It's pretty freaking awesome. Hope you enjoy this and happy Mother's Day. My name's Sarah Sheridan. My name's Molly Sheridan, and we run Reek Perfume. Which is a, a very smelly endeavour. It is indeed. I am a witch. I'm a bitch. Yes, you are. <laughs> so Reek is made up of two types of very formidable ladies. One would be our damnable bitches, and the other our damnable witches. And Reek is really about memorialising women through scent. And it's a celebration as well, really, of women today. It's very true, and of gender equality for all. And we're here today with um, Heather Pearson, who runs the pioneering intergenerational women-centred platform, The Grant Adult, which is brilliant, um, because Heather's project also supports a wide range of women's voices. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) To our family chat. (laughs) It's lovely to be here. And I'm going to hit you with some questions. Let's go. Love this. A very smelly Mother's Day special. Mm. (laughs) Right, first of all, Obvious question, have you always gotten along? (laughs) No, definitely not. In fact, I would say the opposite. We've most of the time not gotten along. Yeah, you were a very, very difficult teenager, I'm not going to lie. So we we clashed a lot at that stage, certainly. You were great. Oh, it's a one-sided problem, yeah. Yeah, all the grey hair is smaller. Yeah, yeah. But look how chic they look. Definitely be more fit. I remember when um, oh, you were going through this kind of hormone-crazed teenage angry thing and I went for lunch with one of my friends and I was trying to get her to sympathise with me and I was saying, you know, she's Molly's 
you know, it's so tough. She'll climb out of a window in the middle of the night to go to a party and she smuggles alcohol in and I don't know how she's getting it in and she's got all this money. I don't know where money's coming from. What is this child doing? And she just, anything she wants, she's totally focused on it and she's just relentless. And my friend said, I want employer. She sounds absolutely <laughs> like she's going to be brilliant for my business. So, yeah, wow. all the things that were not good mm. really in that stage have turned out to be amazing talents I suppose in a way she wow. never hired me though did she no <laughs> wow. was that a big transformative moment for you and how you viewed Molly what when she said that no I thought she was bananas I mean, yeah. Molly was I remember catching Molly at two o'clock in the morning climbing out of a window covered in glitter wearing hot pants yeah and saying to her where do you think you're going and her saying nowhere <laughs> Bold as brass. Totally bold as brass. One of the naughtiest girls in the school. And it wasn't until later, I mean, after you'd gone to college Mm -hmm. and we'd had that separation that we could come back together again. Definitely. I think after being such a terrible teen, Mm -hmm. I came into sort of my 17 or 18, Mm -hmm. I actually remember calling you Mm-hmm. And apologising, I don't know if you remember, in tears. I, I totally remember. Yeah. Oh my God, my that was the best moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, call, yeah, calling mum and saying, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry for being such a little cow. Another great point, mum used to call me uh, Little Moo, was my nickname as a teenager, because I was such a little cow. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and just the, the guilt coming back. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes you a better person, isn't it? Yeah. Is yeah. getting over your terrible teens and realising that your parents are yeah. humans. It was it was an amazing moment when you rang me. I, yeah. That gave me a lot of respect for you that we had that communication and that mm-hmm. we could come back together. And I was so glad I hadn't come down in it harder. I mean, a lot of people around me were saying, you must put bars on that window <laughs> and you must do this and that. And I just knew I wanted to play it for the long term yeah. and that I, I wanted to get you back. Yeah. You also mm-hmm. didn't want any welding accidents. So <laughs> <laughs> was that. Yeah. So, yeah, very important. My mum had the same strategy. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, it's it's playing the long game and it's difficult because you're both angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to remain the adult mm-hmm. and play play the long game. Mm-hmm. Also, one of my friends who's getting divorced, I'm saying to her, play the long yeah. game. Because, you know, you can be friends after these difficult times. Mm-hmm. And it's it's important you know, it's, it's, it, for your life on the longer yeah. term. Yeah. It's, it's much more mm-hmm. important. So I'm so glad I didn't take all that shitty advice. <laughs> Seeing you do that totally has given me the same ideology in life, really. Because I could see throughout my life, you know, I could see you playing the long game. And at the time, I found it very frustrating mm. because I would do something and you would either act really blasé about it mm. or just do the right thing. You mm. could not rile mum up. Mm-hmm. You could, I could call you, I could call you like the word, like, I'd be like, oh, you're a bitch, I hate you. And you'd be like, now I know you feel like that right now. <laughs> and that would be so frustrating. But now as an adult, I realise how important that is mm. in all my relationships to and you were right. Show. I am a bitch. You're such now a bitch. I'm such yeah. a bitch. I'm so proud of it, which uh, is coming down to you. When I was a teenager, it was very much the time of being cool, to be mm. a little bit rebellious mm. and whatnot, and growing up in quite a like middle class background and things yeah. like that. I mean, I went totally the other side. I went out and pretended I'd grown up on a scheme with eight pairs of hoops on and a pair of Timbies. Yeah. I thought that was like the yes. height of coolness. The same as most teens. I mean, I was particularly terrible, but I don't think my intentions were more terrible than most teen, teens. Mm. Just I really executed it very well. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of my friends complain about having babies. You know, like, oh my God, I was up all night with a baby. <laughs> Molly was the best baby. Like she slept mm. through the night from a really young age. But see, those teenage years, I did not sleep. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I was on hot pant and glitter watch at two o'clock <laughs> in the morning every morning. I don't know how you still got I know you still got out. I don't uh, know how you still got yeah. out. I don't know how I still got out. It's no. all a blur to me. 
Mm. But that's underage. Yeah. Drink fueled nights, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is the way of it. If you're going to go clubbing at 14, you probably won't remember. <laughs> so we've just, Molly and I have just discovered we've got this in common because I climbed mm-hmm. out of windows constantly. Get on you. Sometimes, just to go to the petrol station and get chocolate. The door was yeah. right there. <laughs> and I preferred the window. I remember sneaking out just to sit around the corner from the house, smoking fags, chain smoking mm. cigarettes with one of my best friends at the time. Yeah. And that's, we, we relish to do that for six or seven hours. Yeah. I can't sit and talk to most people for six and seven hours with nothing yeah. to do now. But then it was everything to get out of the house and see mm. your friends. Yeah. yeah. To set your own parameters yeah. about where you are in the Definitely. world. What do you fight about now? Uh, <laughs> anything and everything. I mean, have you ever had an emotional discussion about swing tags? Because we, we have. We <laughs> <laughs> We've had emotional discussions at this point about every single even, stage of I don't hatching. even know what a swing tag is. Uh, <laughs> we started a hashtag at one point, which was hashtag packaging is a cruel mistress. Yeah. No, but yeah, no. so we fight about everything. I mean, it's interesting because when you're working in family, like I would say stuff to mum that I would never normally say to a boss. Yeah, so I think that creates a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Very much. I mean, and things you'd think, you'd think, oh, she's a real cow. Mom, you know, we'll text each other. Mm. Yeah. And you know you're being a real cow right now, which yeah. you never do with somebody that you oh, yeah, that you that you know you were working with in another way. So, uh-huh. yeah. But then that also means that we really get to the bottom of things. Mm. You know, like we don't give up, and we really put up a good fight for what we both think is the right answer. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a battle to to the death. Yeah, no one's mm. died yet. No one's died, but, yeah, but, whose idea will die first? Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I think it means we do. You're right. We do mm-hmm. get to the thing that really works. Because we're coming from different directions. Because yeah. our backgrounds are so different. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So I work, I, my background is, I'm a historical novelist mostly, though I also write some non-fiction. And so for the last 20 years, my work has been driven by stories in the archive that I've found about women who are lost. You know, these women, mm-hmm. amazing women who don't get memorialised. And Bethany Hughes last year made an estimate that only 0.5% of material in the archive are written history is in fact female. Mm. Of course, we're fifty percent of the population. Fifty <laughs> percent of it is female, so we just don't memorialise that, and that's where my drive to to foundry came from. I wanted to find inventive, creative ways of memorialising women that people could really engage with, yeah. and that was important to me. And then my background in, you know, I, I have a property property company. I've run a couple of other businesses. And, you know, to be honest, if you're a writer, people think you're this sort of, you know, creative. It's just mm. creative. But actually, mm. being a writer today is about running a small business. Mm. And that's, that's what you're doing. And then mm. Molly came from totally different directions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah I, come, I mean, it's a similar thing. Like, I obviously have come from makeup, mm-hmm. but I've taken a lot of inspiration from watching mum run her business um, in, like, property, but also as a writer. Because being freelance is really difficult. And being a freelance woman is especially difficult. Like, asking mm. for rates and money is mm-hmm. traditionally something women aren't as great at and haven't been taught the skill set for as well. Mm. So I think um, my background is definitely more creative, mm. um, but I've always seen that it's, you know, it's an objective to make money, and that's from watching mm. mum grow her business. Mm. But I bring that into Reek, it's very much more about the, I'm more the poppy side. I would mm. say mum's the serious side, and I'm mm. the fluffy side. Right. So mum will be like, wasn't this woman amazing? And I'm like, yes, let's make a meme about her. <laughs> 
kind of where we meet in the middle. But that's really nice. To have. I think that's true. And you brought a whole load of stuff. Like I never knew a lot about retouching photographs, for example, and what yeah. I was doing until I saw you starting to work in these beautiful, beautiful seventeen-year-old models hanging around our house mm-hmm. who didn't recognise themselves in yeah. the photographs that were being produced for glossy magazines wow. because they were not good enough, mm-hmm. even as beautiful as they were. Mm-hmm. And I find that really shocking. And, and mm-hmm. you know, that's a world that you you brought to me you know it was, yeah. a, it was a genuine meeting in the middle where my kind of slightly spotty yeah. you know sort mm. of um, endeavors at memorializing women from the past banged right into what's going on with women mm. today and the way that you know the patriarchy if you want to call it patriarchy yeah. are representing us mm. and I think that's really interesting because that's we both taught each other a lot about I suppose media in a way and mum has taught me a lot about written media mm. and the way things are portrayed in papers the way that things are portrayed in reports you know, mm. where to, to spot things, how to research things, to find out if they're true or not. And that's a really, that's a really important skill for me. And also the power of someone's voice, because I think I've shown mum the power of an image. Mm-hmm. And not only what an image can do for empowering people, but also how it can take their power away. Yeah. And make them feel left out. You're both storytellers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we have just written a children's book yeah. together, which will be out next year which we're probably not going to talk about a lot today, but it is, mm. again, that children's book is that synthesis of story words and story images, yeah. Yeah. which we've worked on together. I know a bit about your background, Sarah, because we're friends and we've talked about it before, and I know that as a teenager you were studious mm. and, you know, you're the first to say swatty, and mm. you that's what you're bringing to Reek now. Molly's bringing her teenage self, and there's this intersection yeah, all the things you, you think are bad yeah. actually end up, com- you know, you can be lucky yeah. and they turn out to be the best things I yeah. think, as well. So yeah, you definitely. get to both fully be yourselves and I think when we've thought about work rules before or even relationships before, there has been a sense of how can I fit in how could, with that other person, yeah. how can I blend, how can I smooth these parts out of me and what I love about feminism and the, the women supporting women movement mm. now is that it's saying actually please change nothing yeah, please definitely. change nothing. You bring you, mm-hmm. I'll bring me, and that will all be fine. Yeah, you know, there's the, not this hesitancy there was before, where oh Molly, you know, if you could be less this, and Sarah, if okay. you could try and up this, and it's just actually mm-hmm. saying, just bring you, I'm and totally let's right make this about, work. I was right about the swing tags, though. You were right about the swing tags, but that's I mean that I suppose is why it works really in a way that we've you know that we we do both bring our stuff and then we create something new out of it in the middle when somebody works with reek is there a sense afterwards of them having joined a family in a way i call it the sisterhood and the coven Mm -hmm. because we have very different types of of women and people it's not just women um who identify with reek and they tend to fall into two different brands into our bitches into our witches which is really funny because that's what we fall into as well Mm. And um, we find that a lot of people that meet on our shoots or meet on our social media get along. We mm. I've seen people literally become friends through mm. reek shoots. I've made loads of friends through reek shoots as his mum. It feels like a growing community. It, it's really inspiring. I mean, for me, when when particularly meeting some of these kind of younger generation, mm-hmm. they are heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the, some of the activists, young activists, we come in who offer to model and um, 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 want to be part of it, and you hear mm-hmm. what they're doing, and you mm-hmm. think. The hell these 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 are young people yeah. who are just so motivated and so switched on. I think they're you. You are one of my heroes. But mum, mum's also completely forgetting to mention how much she 
not mentor, maybe that's the wrong word, but for example, we have our blog, Bitches mm-hmm. Unite, and a lot of people who write on our blog are not established and not experienced writers. They don't mm-hmm. have a lot of confidence. And mum copy edits for them. She sends them back notes. She helps them do research. Mm-hmm. And we, I get glowing emails to mm-hmm. our info about how much mum has helped, helped them and the confidence that you give them. So even though there's a side of that with photography, that's a, mm-hmm. another huge part of our community is our written mm-hmm. words. You know, we had a woman recently send us in loads of poetry about her mother. Mm-hmm. And that was really beautiful. Like, mum helped her grow that, and we know mm. that that's going to help her in, in her mm. writing career. Mm. But well, also, being edited is really important. Yeah. So that's, it's great to be able to give that. It's great to be able to take all that mm. experience and give that. To and mum takes that outside of Reek. That's just how our house is. Yeah. <laughs> so our kitchen is always full of my friends coming to mum, to mm. dad, as she's called in this kitchen, yeah. and asking advice about anything from mortgages yeah. to boyfriends to sex things to gynecologists. That people feel, that your friends feel comfortable sometimes yeah. when they don't feel comfortable talking to their own mother. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Because they can come uh, to me and that's an honour. And even though mum and I didn't always get along when I was a teenager, that was always the way. If there was actually something serious that happened... Mm. I would always come to mum and I would always tell my friends to go to mum. So even though mum would be like, what are you doing smoking a joint in your bedroom? You're an idiot. And then I go, so-and-so's pregnant. And mum would go, okay. And you know what I mean? And and so there was a sort of balance there always Mm. of that. And that continues today with with week. So there's one thing that strikes me from listening to that is the the gift of intimacy Mm. to other people. Mum, and this is something mum's always taught me, is that you see what people are truly like during the bad times and not mm. the good times. Mm. And that's been something that's always been really important to me, and I know it's really important to you, mum, is that, you know, the, the way that you act mm. and the way that you can respond in a crisis is much more important than yeah. when everybody's having fun. Yes. And actually, most people can't do that. So if you are able to, if you're emotionally able mm. to do that, it's, it's almost, you know, it's your role to be able mm-hmm. to step in like that. And yeah. I feel so lucky that mum's taught me that. I think there's a lot of diversity in feminism Mm -hmm. and we have to go with that because we don't want to live in a world where everyone thinks the same. Yeah. And so even though we're kind of all on the same spectrum, it's okay. I mean, we're different. You know, who's the biggest feminist between two of the two? That was one of my questions. Let's go there. Let's go there. Okay, who's the biggest feminist? Well, we're both the same height. I'm going to start with that, which is great for me because I've always stolen mum's clothes. Yeah. I'm going to say, I think it's me. Yeah, I think you are. You you are a more radical feminist. Yeah. You have upped my feminist game. How but you feminist. taught me my feminist game. How did that happen then, that you became more radical? I think because I was given the right building blocks. I mean, you have been... Mum grew up... All the women in our family are amazing. Now, they might not identify as feminists, mm. but on paper, they totally are. Mm. Like, my great-grandmother was, like, driving. She left her husband. She took care of all of her children. They were in a house of, like, eight women yeah. or something like this. Mm. Um, my grandmother is the same. You know, she's helped start up the business that is our family business now. So you've had great people to learn from. Mm. But I've had a better person to learn from. Oh. So I've had you. So the grannies don't listen yeah. to this. <laughs> in terms of feminism. Yeah. Yeah, I think as well it's a, it's a time thing. You know, my mother's mm-hmm. heyday was the 50s. Okay. And feminism was about wearing mm-hmm. red lipstick. And mm-hmm. even though we do wear red lipstick now sometimes, my feminism comes from the 70s and 80s when I was growing up so mm. I moved forward yeah. and you dragged me with you 
Mm-hmm. You know, I read people today that I probably wouldn't be reading if you weren't bringing them, mm-hmm. you know, past my desk. And these ideas, I mean, I'm full of admiration for your radicalism mm-hmm. and your clear-sightedness. Uh, you know, you're very clear-sighted about what you feel is the right thing. I think we join the dots for each other as well, though. So, you know, I might be able to say to my mum, this is terrible, this is happening in the world now. But mum helps me realise why it's happening. You know, the mm-hmm. history is really important to why we are now and how to change where we are now. Yeah. And I think that, we give each other that full circle. Mm-hmm. So, although you might not feel yourself as quite as radical, you're much more knowledgeable than I am mm-hmm. about feminism. Um, and it's bringing those things together, actually. Yeah. We kind of grow each other's feminism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really lucky like yeah. that, actually, because some families would fall out about the differences. Yeah. Whereas, I suppose, our way of doing it is to talk endlessly yeah. about the differences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's put a lot into week. That's, you know, again, to go back to our blog, we... That's why we started our blog. It's because we realised all these different feminists were coming and going, she's not a feminist, she's wearing makeup, but she's naked. Oh, mm. she's a size 18. She's only a size 18. And we realised, oh my God, there's so many people mm-hmm. that should be on the same side fighting. Yeah. We're like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. But actually, the main cause is gender equality. But that's nice that you can... It makes I think it makes your views even more robust, doesn't mm-hmm. it, when you have sat down and put them in the ring mm-hmm. with someone who is genuinely you know, has good intention mm-hmm. about the discussion but is not going to let you away mm-hmm. with being under-informed or, yeah. like, just going with your gut feeling. And that runs counter to so much of what's going on in the media today, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. when people are... Things are getting very, very divided and, and people are and not having robust conversations yeah. at home. And also that we don't have to agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is not a you know a yeah. mono conversation. It's okay if we discuss that mm-hmm. and I move two points to the right and Molly moves two points yes. to the left. Yeah. And actually, we still don't meet, but we've had that we've, yeah. we've chat we've had that conversation and it's right for you. And we understand each other's point of view more. So you're staying like in my house. What we call it is kind of staying in the grey. So you've got mm-hmm. black at one side yeah, and yeah. the white at the other. And what you never want to be is the black or white. You um, want to be in that nuance in the middle yeah. so that where you can uh-huh. talk about something in a rounded way. I think as well it's a gift like my generation gets to be more shocking. Yeah. It's not frowned on as much to be shocking. And your generation kinda of missed that. Generation just above you were very shocking. It was mm-hmm. all about being like, ah and then it kind of subsided again and it's come back up. And I think that is just uh that's political, it's circumstantial. There's loads of things mm-hmm. that are for that. But I think that you helped me tone myself down and try and be less shocking and have a bit more substance behind mm. it. And mm. I think I try and push you to be... Yeah, you maybe call it. Yeah. You know, there are times where I would fluff something over sometimes in a mm. social situation or whatever, and you'll say, well, why didn't you just say... Yes. Yeah. Actually, and then I think, oh, actually, she's yeah. right. I should yeah. have just said something, Doesn't and that it? would have been good. So I think that's really good. We push mm. each other. And we do that and meet with our imagery as well. Sometimes I'll say something, and mum will actually be like, oh, don't do that. I remember we did a, a thing about um, tampons, about yeah. period poverty, yeah. which is a really important yeah, subject to both of us. And I really wanted to dip tampons in red glitter. Mm-hmm. And mum was like, that's disgusting. And then we even ended up using our real blood, like fake blood, and mm-hmm. doing like pretend tampons and sanitary towels and stuff. And you were shocked. And then you saw the images and you were like, that's actually beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's pushing each other, which I think yeah. is really good. Um, but I wouldn't even know about pe- period poverty if it wasn't for mum. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It is, it's a really yeah. full circle there. Yeah. Mm. I love your images. I quite often, I mean, we just did a shoot there about two weeks ago. And Molly was like, what we need is a naked body and we need to cover the um, naked body with all the ingredients of the perfume. And I was like, this is going to look terrible. And then we did it. 
And it looked amazing. It was so amazing. And even the photographer was a little bit nervous. Uh It was your naked body. It was my naked body. And there I was, slightly weird, and mum sort of placing little hazel, because hazelnuts is one of them. And they're quite Uh rolly hazelnuts. (laughs) (laughs) It was hazelnuts and pink peppercorns that I had. It was a very spicy day. You probably went away smelling amazing, as Mm. usual. The, The mantra is, if you can walk away from everything smelling amazing... Well. Yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> so Molly's biggest feminist. Yeah. Although you both clearly, definitely live your feminism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Who's the boss? <laughs> I think overall, it's you. I think it's Mum. Well, I, contrary to everything that novelists are supposed to be like, mm. I love doing the books and doing mm. accounts, and so certainly in terms of that kind of more hardcore business mm. stuff. I'm very aware of the in and the out and what we're selling and what we're not and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So certainly in terms of here's what we can afford to do, here's the budget, yeah. um, I would say, yeah, I probably am the boss. But to be honest, Molly, I think you have a far better visual eye than I do. And you quite often push me to accept things that I'm a little bit nervous about and then they turn out to be really good things. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when we were first developing Damn Rebel Bitches, some of the smells at the beginning, I was like, oh, do we want to put this smell in or uh-huh. that smell? And you worked much more closely with Sarah, yeah. the perfumer, um, than I did. And you, you had better taste in that. So I kind of put my hands up and said, well, I'm going to trust you mm-hmm. because I could see that mm-hmm. you you were better. I think that better is the wrong word, but I think that I do the more creative stuff. I'm the boss of the more creative stuff. Like if mum mm-hmm. comes to me and says, look at this, and I don't like the font, then I wouldn't, I'd just go and change the font. We don't really need to discuss it because she trusts me mm-hmm. to do it. Whereas... If we are looking at investing in something or even in investing in like a charity or something, mum's the one that's going to stop and go, well, if we do this, will we be able to still be a company in six months? You know, which I would never even yeah. think about. I'd just be off giving everybody in the world stickers yeah. and dropping off perfume to every charity we could. Yeah. It, you can't do both. And I think that's something that's really important for women in general is that a lot of women get victimized for trying to make money in their companies. Mm-hmm. Women entrepreneurs are, I mean, the word bitch fits very well there. They're seen mm-hmm. as being like ball breaking mm-hmm. bitches who mm-hmm. are just there about making money. But it's really important that businesses yeah. make money regardless. Money of the does ethos. not strip you of your femininity. No, or, or of your good ethos. You know? If you're a guy at the head of a company and you say, we're going to do this X for charity, even if it's a small thing, we do small things yeah. at the moment. I mean, you know, we are still, we're only 18 months in, we're yeah. still relatively it, small. It is literally just the two of us. Mm-hmm. We yeah. always get emails, or we even get people turning up going, I want to meet the team. And you're like, here we are. <laughs> this is our kitchen. <laughs> One of the things as well is we quite often get um, Americans in town, because we don't sell in America, we have a wait list for America, so we mm-hmm. can sell in Europe and sell all over the UK, but we can't ship to America because perfume's flammable and all the mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. And it's something that we will come to when we're a little bit bigger. Anyway, we get Americans who come to um, the you know the office, which is in the flat, yeah. and they they've said, "Can we come to your store?" Yeah. And they think that store means shop. Yeah, the store means the garage out the back. Yeah, okay. we're all the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so they're always a little bit taken aback when yeah. you open the door in the morning to some guy standing there who's been sent by somebody in America who yeah. wants to get a bottle and he happens to be here yeah. and he'll be like oh, this is where the bitches are I remember one day <laughs> mum was away on holiday and I was staying in her flat because I was working in, in Edinburgh and the doorbell rang at like half seven in the morning 
and I was very hungover to say the least and I crawled out of bed in my dressing gown and opened the door and there was literally a pack of Americans <laughs> standing at the door and they're like morning we're here to try the bitches and I'm like come in and I like give them all my sassy chat and I'm telling them about bitches and witches and they like got some bottles because they wanted to bring it back to their friends they'd been asked to go and collect mm. this bitches and then they left and I looked in the mirror and I was naked with a dressing gown on with mascara all down my face <laughs> and my hair in a button and I was like oh my god I just made sales like this in my kitchen <laughs> but if people are eager they want it they want it we're lucky yeah. for that yeah, yeah, we do. Our customers are lovely and they really mm. get it. You know, the people who get it, get it. There are some people yeah. who don't. And even some people, there was one the other day where a lady phoned up and um, she was buying a present for her niece and her niece had obviously asked for a bottle. Mm. And so she said, I'd like a bottle of... And then she stopped and she couldn't say it. Yeah. And I went, is it bitches or witches, madam? And she went, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, it's okay, just tell me, the first one or the second one? And she was yeah. like, she didn't even say witches this yeah. one. And it's like witches. And I was like, no problem, let me get that out for you. Has the needle moved on bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the needle is moving on bitch. I think as we, you know, every, I think it's the Me Too movement and all of that, Mm -hmm. it's becoming, you know, it's it's in people's minds. How are we going to describe it? So I think it is moving. It took 172 years from Mm -hmm. the first call for women MPs to the first woman MP going into Parliament. Mm -hmm. The needle on these kind of matters moves really slowly mm-hmm. um, but we, at the moment we're going uh, through a period where there's maybe a bit more also bitch isn't the word bitch for me isn't actually attached necessarily just to women not that you're saying that it mm-hmm. does but the, the biggest the people that change the word bitch the most I would say is the queer community yes. and the drag community yeah. um, you know bitch please like yeah. oh my god yeah. no one thinks that's an insult if it comes from a drag queen anything <laughs> <laughs> you're honoured yes. like me It's um, I suppose it's not vulnerable is not the right word, but it's yeah. the minorities. Yeah. Like women aren't a minority, but have been seen as a minority in yeah. terms of their importance. Um, the same women of color in particular have been seen as a our minority and have their language hasn't been as um made public. You know, it's, mm. it's very much separated. And then you have that further in the queer and drag community, where actually there's a really similar tone of language there, mm-hmm. and the word bitch sort mm-hmm. of flows through it. Mm-hmm. You know. Even before, um, say, things like uh, drag race and things mm-hmm. like that, they've really got it mm-hmm. popularized. Me and my friends would call each other bitches, and it would be funny. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a, an insult necessarily. And I think that it's just that all these different groups are now aware of each other yeah. a lot more. It's just, just what becomes normal. Yeah. So, like SWAT here, but the, the political theory that comes mm-hmm. is called the Overton Window. So the Overton window is a window that looks on what is normal, what is accessible, mm-hmm. and the Overton window can shift. Yeah. And so, for example, you know, one one year the Overton window says it's normal to smoke in pubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the next year, you okay. would actually report somebody for mm-hmm. smoking. Mm-hmm. The Overton mm-hmm. window has just shifted, and I think the Overton window on all all of our feminist issues is kind of moving at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, it's not as stable as it has been, and that's good. Hopefully we're going we're gonna to mm. settle it. But then there was someone the other day saying to me, oh, well, of course, things have changed. That's a whole different thing from things are changing. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, we are not anywhere there yet. Yes. We are still but, in, in the limbo. But what exciting times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things are changing. 
feels difficult. There's friction. Mm. It feels great and powerful, but there's a friction alongside it. Whereas things have changed, mm-hmm. is more settled, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? It's more people comfortable. Love, people, love being, people love being settled. I, I totally get that. Yeah, mm-hmm. people want that settled. So yeah, we've had a lot of changes, though, haven't we? We haven't mm. had the changes yet. We're in the process mm. of the change. Mm. I think it's important to. Keep Which would be mad because if you started to do up your house and you're like, well. Mm. looks all right doesn't it mm. you wouldn't be like fuck yeah. it let's yeah. leave it then let's not finish it yeah you know it's just, it's a really bizarre concept that you hear a lot about feminism like i've literally had people say to me but i mean women's rights are pretty good now yes. and you're like but that's not yeah. pretty good yeah <laughs> how about just equal yes. like, how about when they're equal we stop yeah and that's in this country you know people yeah. are really do just very much so and even as something as close to us as ireland Ireland is like mm-hmm. an hour away on a plane, mm-hmm. hour and 22 minutes to be precise to Dublin from here. And we, they have completely different women's mm-hmm. rights to us, completely yeah. different. And we, most people you tell are shocked. In Scotland, we have more of an understanding, but I notice, especially when I'm down south in London, mm-hmm. and I tell people that women in Ireland, it's illegal for them to have abortions. They literally cannot fathom that. Yeah. They yeah. thought that that was something that was. Mm-hmm. And same in terms of, you know, laundries. Mm-hmm. And women who have gotten married at wedlock, the last one of those closed in the 90s. Mm. You know, this is really that's recent. Why we, that's why we piled in behind Repeal the Gates. Totally. Like, Repeal the Gates stickers were one of the first mm-hmm. stickers, and they go really well. It's something that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. in May this year, and we're so supportive of it. We yeah. Wanna, you know, we really want to support And it's not many yeah. generations ago. My great grandmother on my dad's side died in a laundry mm. wow. um and so that's like really close and we don't mem- we don't memorialize her or remember her because she was something to be hidden because of you know the religious aspect and mm-hmm. and things like that but to think that that's so close mm-hmm. well you mm-hmm. were born in Galway I was born in Galway I'm Irish yeah, yeah. and you know so I lived in Ireland for uh-huh. like five years yeah when mum had me Tell the story, I love this, is like my favourite story. So I went into Galway um, General, which was the, the maternity unit. The maternity unit was run by nuns in 1991. Wow. So there were, there were non-nurses, but they were all nuns, and it was very religious, mm-hmm. there was a lot of crosses and stuff. And I had this birth, which was pretty awful. And um, and woke up the next morning, about six in the morning, and there was a nun ringing a bell to wake everybody up. And I thought, oh, fuck, I've died. <laughs> But you know, and Shane, I were married. Mm-hmm. But had we not been, I think that would have been an issue in that maternity oh, unit in nineteen ninety one. You know, that would have been bad. Even, uh, you know that that presence of religion everywhere. In that, and there was no no harm to them. They were lovely. No, they were very nice. But but then, and there was, no, there was no other option. That was the maternity yeah. unit. That was where you went. There was nowhere else mm-hmm. where you might have it at home. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. You, you which is why I think the generation above my generation have had to be more passive about mm-hmm. their feminism is because context. Yeah, totally. Like the idea of a hospital being run by nuns to me that is mental. But I was born in one, and that's not that long ago. So it's changed so that these kind of things have changed so much that of course we have different tones in the voice of our feminism because we're just allowed to. Having been right well, I've been writing for twenty years and I've been writing mm. books that are mildly subversive. Mm. So my tack on feminism has been not to say up front I'm a feminist, mm-hmm. to say here's an interesting story. It looks like a nineteen fifties murder mystery, she's like this Marvel. Let's mm. just get into the story a little bit. Oh, here's a postmodern feminist dilemma. Well, we're here now. 
Yeah. And it's that kind of so that you're much more likely to stay at the front. I am a feminist. Oh my god, 100%. Yeah. And that's kind of just, and I think both these approaches are valid. They're both really important. You know, I think if if the world is full. What would you change about each other? That's a really difficult question. And you can (laughs) kick me out the door and sling my coffee cup at my head on the way. As a, as a mama, I would change absolutely nothing about you. You've given me great skin and great ethics. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but in business. <laughs> that I was hoping you'd finish there. So sweet. In business, and, and well, I'm sure there's loads of things we change for each other, but I change about you, but they're all small things. Like I wish that you had agreed with me on that one thing. Or, you know, there's so many little things. The tags. Like yeah, the tags. Or... The tags are still with us. <sighs> but the tags will never end. And as a mother, I wish you'd sleep more. I worry about <laughs> you because Molly does these crazy hours. She's a, a workaholic and you quite often get a call from Molly at 11 o'clock at night. And she's like, oh, we've only got another three hours to go here. Because oh. she's on a set somewhere. with, And I worry, I worry for you with that. And so just a bit more self-care. In business, I wouldn't change anything because I think you're amazing. Mm. I think that we don't agree about everything, but if we agreed about everything, it would probably be not as good. Yeah, not who is good. So I just love you to pieces, and I, I can't. It's I'm so lucky. Aww. You know, so many people work with people that they don't like, that mm-hmm. they don't get on with, or they have to compromise mm-hmm. um, in a bad way. Yeah, and we have to compromise about the swing tags. Totally. But apart from that, we don't have to. You know, we don't compromise. We mm-hmm. we celebrate. I think that's, that's true in business, but also as mother and daughter. Mm. A lot of mothers and daughters that I know maybe don't meet to eye to eye. They're not yeah. friends, yes. you know? And we're first and foremost friends. Mm. Yeah, trust you, trust yeah. your judgment. On everything, across yeah. the board. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, there's not, you don't get many friends that will tell you stuff that you don't want to hear yeah. in business or in life. Yeah. And that's something I feel really, really lucky to have both in business and in my day-to-day life with you as a mum and as a friend. Yeah, that's huge safety. Yeah. Yeah. And real, it's very real. Mm -hmm. And when you've got safety, that's the best state to expand from. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so actually creating that Mm -hmm. safety for each other. You know, a lot of people think of safety as being a restrictive thing. Mm -hmm. But actually when you take people who are committed to progressive journeys, positivity, you know, these Mm -hmm. types of values, and you give them safety, you know, they they very quickly. I think as well, when mum was my age, Mm. she'd already had me. Started a restaurant, closed a restaurant, been divorced. Had an art gallery. Had an art gallery. Went to university. Started a house. Got a house, you lucky bitch. Yeah, you haven't. Gotten a mortgage. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) And How so, old were you at this stage? Tw- by t- 26, James and I had separated and I had Molly on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Molly was three. And that was actually quite tough. That's mm-hmm. when I started writing just after that. But I will never, I, I've grown up and now, especially in my life, since mm-hmm. my early 20s, I've been very aware of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And very aware of what my life could have been. Yeah. But also from learning from mum without actually having to learn a lesson, mm-hmm. you know, thinking, oh my God. Life is so stressful today. Imagine if I had a child. <laughs> <laughs> but also in the reverse, like, oh, life is stressful. I feel like I could buy a house now. Yes. You know? And so but these things are really interesting and I feel really lucky to We're gonna have to sell more perfume. 
totally. I mean, regardless, <laughs> ours is exciting. I feel really lucky to, to, to have that. And because we have such an open and honest conversation, mum tells me how it actually was. Yeah. Like, we'll talk about dating. So mum mm-hmm. started dating again when she had a child. She had mm-hmm. me and I was small. And that gives mm-hmm. me great perspective on my own mm-hmm. love life and my own relationships. Yeah. And also the advice I can give my friends. Yeah. A point of reference for that in business and in life and it's a great holistic um, view yeah which takes us neatly on to my last question future of reek mm. where are we going it's a very smelly world to nominations <laughs> <laughs> yeah we want more women smelling amazing we want to empower more women i mean really it's about empowerment whether it's the perfume side and you you know, that perfume is a very strong statement yeah. that you make without having to say a word. Yes. So it's kind of silent rebellion, and mm-hmm. I really like being able to do that. Mm-hmm. And we have a new perfume in development, which will yeah. be out next year, um, and continuing that community and those discussions yeah. on the blog, so talking to people and getting and bringing out those voices, Yeah, you know, providing that platform. Yeah, growing the shop side so it can keep supporting the social side, mm-hmm. and they feed into each other so beautifully. You know, in 10 years' time, I would love... We're, we're at living wage. Mm-hmm. That's really important to us. We credit everybody that works for us and we try and pay them what we think is, mm-hmm. you know, a fair amount, living wage. Mm-hmm. Um, whether working with creatives or admin people. Yeah. So I think they kind of grow each other. And mm-hmm. I'd like to see that continue. Not one mm-hmm. side take over more from the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I want to see Reek and for us to change Reek alongside the changes that are happening. Mm-hmm. So I think in five years... I think the world might be quite different. Yes. And therefore, I think Reek might be quite different. Mm. And, and so in one way, it's like, I don't want a 10-year plan. Yeah. Because we can't, that's that's static in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I think it's about, it, it's about the incoming. Yeah. It's about the incoming yeah. and really listening to mm. what's actually going on into people's voices and say, well, actually, how mm-hmm. can we support that? How can we magnify that? And what do we have to say about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's be amazing if we could, start to make it so that we can incorporate more charities into the corporate side because I'd yeah. love to see that in all businesses really yeah and um, you know why would you not give back to the industries that help you create a product absolutely you know and and, and talk about the supply chain because yeah. supply chains are completely pushed under the rug people like to know if they're like oh um, I hope a child didn't make these shoes but they don't care about who made the rubber or the laces or do you know what I mean it's, there's so mm. many different things to it and if we could if we could change that a little bit, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, you know I really want that. I want it that we stop using the word feminism and mm. we only have to use the word equality. Mm. Yeah. That is my mm-hmm. big wordy ambition. Oh my God, if that happens in 10 years, we're laughing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>